Welcome to Commission Impossible. I'm Scott Fish. Here with me is Ryan McDowell. We've become known for commissioning over the years and got together to start a podcast. Ryan, I don't feel like doing the normal spiel. Let's just get into it. How are you doing, man? I know it by now. <laughs> like, I had no energy in that start. I'm just like, ah, whatever. You know what? Screw this. Let's just talk. They're, they're here for the questions and the answers. Especially yes. the answers. Yes. Let's, let's get to it. Let's do it. Uh, first off, you know, I like to do the Twitter thing every once in a while because I see something that pops up on Twitter and I'm like, hey, that might go in the show. That's uh, being talked about right now. Hi, Scottfish24. A question regarding fees. Does higher buy-in equal more active players? That's from Jonathan at 2345Jaunty. Um, and Ryan shakes his head emphatically no, which is also what I told him. I said, nah, I have not found that to be true. Um you get inactive and active leagues at all the price points. Um, it, it feels like from all I've seen that they're pretty similar. Uh, honestly, if you're looking for active and I have no data to support this. And like I said, it feels like it feels like price point does not matter at all. Like mindset wise, you'd almost feel like people would be more aggressive in cheap leagues. Like that would make logical sense. But again, I, I have not found any difference in activity between price points. How about you, Ryan? No, I haven't either. And I mean, we could also bring in uh, not just the league fees, but the, uh, I'm sorry, not just the activity, but also just the quality of the players. You know, there are some that would argue that um, the higher the stakes, the better the player. And, that that's just not the way I see things. I mean, it's, it's not to say there aren't great, great high stakes players. There's a lot of them out there, uh, but there's also very bad high stakes players out there. And mm-hmm. there are, uh, you know, surprisingly and weirdly, there are inactive high stakes players out there that draft their team. And, and once they fall out of it, they're, they're kind of giving up. So I just don't think there's a correlation there when it comes to league fees and it really any of those other traits. Yep. Yep. Completely agree. Uh, so if you're, if you're thinking to yourself, I want to join a high stakes league just cause I think it'll, you know, be super active. Uh, that would not be the reason to join. <laughs> yeah. there, there are other reasons to join just that. That should not be one of them. Uh, Josh Hicks, uh, the you remember the Flug email from a couple weeks ago, Ryan, where he, oh, uh, yes. he said how they do their draft day with all the events and whatnot. Uh, I'm just giving him a shout out for tweeting us a video of all the events that they do. I believe we were both tagged in that and we saw it and we're welcome to come. It looked pretty awesome. I probably watched that video at least five times. <laughs> I, it, it made me tired very quickly. I can, I can, yeah. uh, I, I realize that uh, these these flu guys are all much younger than I am. I don't I don't think I would last the uh, the entire day. This is like nope. an old an old man rant. With all that said, it looked so so fun, so fun. Exactly. Yep. It looks so much so much fun. But yeah, I'm just like you. Like you and I would be on the couch taking a nap, and then the draft <laughs> would be going on, and we'd be getting auto picked by <laughs> the the group or something. And by that point, oh man. But uh, thanks for tweeting that at us, Josh. That, that looks that looks crazy awesome. Uh, let's get on to some emails now. 
because uh, we've gone over a couple Twitter things. Fun, fun. Let's do it. Uh, an update to uh, Jason Howard emailed a couple weeks ago um, about his league idea, and we it was the one where like it felt like I said a, bu- a bunch of stuff that I'm like I don't love that, I don't love that, and then I tried to and I was like, but yeah, it could work. You know, let's try to be nice <laughs> at the end because uh, you, you know everything works for different leagues. So trying to fix it. Yep. Um, gonna go through his response to it. Twenty-seven man, thirteen roster, thirteen starters. Said uh, it was working out well. We we thought it was you know fairly okay. Like I I've, I I feel like we were okay with the the rosters and the starters or whatever. You know, um, I think we might have said twenty seven was a little shallow considering they have IDP, but it is what it is. Uh, two thousand grand prize buy in is two hundred and ten. They have a, a big payout system where it's like two thousand five hundred, two hundred one fifty, one hundred and fifty. Uh, good good payouts. But this is the one with the three-man tribunal for a commissioner. Remember that one, Ryan? I do, yes. Um, he says it's worked out uh, real well, even though they haven't had uh, any real disputes over the first two seasons. Um, I will say, like, I was thinking about this. Like, if my home league had a three-man tribunal as commissioner to rule over that stuff, like, all but two of the members of my home league have been in it since 2001. And most of them and the other two have been in it for at least like five years. So like in a group like that, where you don't really want to rock the boat, I can see, I can see a a three man tribunal. I can see that working out in certain leagues. So sure. It's good. It's worked out for him. This is the one where the, he has the separate uh, linear and snake drafts for the rookies and vets. And he says, you were right (laughs) that, the rookie draft should be linear and the snake draft should be for the vets. He had them flipped before and they flipped them and, and we, that's good. Uh, draft order is determined by average points scored. Um, we did, we did eventually get that right. Uh, we like at first there was a little confusion. We did get it right. Um, though in the last one. Yep. Uh, to- the point of the toilet bowl winner receiving the w- first overall pick. We understand the point, <laughs> Jason. We definitely understand the point of eliminating tanking and whatnot. We just don't feel it always helps the, it, it really doesn't help the best, the worst team get better by doing that. Um, uh, that's uh, it's just something that I'm pretty, pretty against, but I know that there are people out there that like it. Yeah, it's uh, actually a pretty common rule. Yeah, it's it is. It's a it's a common rule out there. The the toilet bowl winner gets gets the first overall pick. It's it's just that I'm I'm against it. I do, I I want the worst team to get the best pick. Um, I don't want the a team that barely missed the playoffs and has a roster that maybe should have made it to the playoffs getting the first overall pick on top of things. I just I'm not a fan of that. Um. The comparison between true dynasty leagues and keeper leagues is an interesting one. I'd love to hear you expound on that a little more. It's it's really weird that this has come up only like three times in the three or four years we've been doing this, Ryan, and somehow like twice this year. Yeah. Um, I'm curious why allowing teams to drop up to 10 players per offseason makes a keeper, but not true dynasty. Where is the cutoff? It's very simple, Jason. The cutoff is one. <laughs> if you are in, Ryan nods slowly. Uh <laughs> If you drop, if you drop players, if your roster limit is decreased in the offseason from 30 to 29, although that doesn't, that's not, nobody does that. But if you're, if you're, if your roster limit decreases, it's a keeper league. You are being forced to choose which players to keep. A dynasty league, you keep them all. 
um, from year to year. Your roster limit either stays the same and you do like a drop and draft. I believe yours do that during the draft, Ryan. Yes. You drop yeah, it. and and that's a that's a good uh, a good topic to bring up. That is a difference. Um, just because you don't technically keep every player from year to year, does not mean you have a you have a keeper league. So in my leagues, we have twenty five man rosters, and at some point, I'm going to drop somebody to draft a rookie in the first round or in the and second. And that's round. your choice. And that's exactly that's my choice. It's not I have to get to a certain number. Exactly. My roster changes from 25 to 20 or 25 to five. Uh, it doesn't do that. Yep. Uh, in, in fact, rosters increasing in the off season is, is another common thing. And those are absolutely dynasty leagues. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And it's um, not even, I, I don't I feel like Jason might've taken offense there. It's, I hope he didn't. I, I think he just wanted us to, expound on the difference and and really it's kind of like a who cares semantics right like i don't care if someone calls their league a dynasty league if they drop five or ten players like his does yeah yeah absolutely it's, no uh, go and, for it and keeper leagues are great i'm yeah. my, home, my home league is a keeper league my home league is a keeper league <laughs> and we call it a dynasty Scott, yeah so. <laughs> yeah see who ca- it doesn't it doesn't matter i i i feel bad that it ca- it might have came up in the way that it came up or whatever i i don't know but yeah that's the the limit is one if you are forced to drop <laughs> that means it's a if you're forced to choose keepers it's a keeper league um if, like if your uh, if your roster limit decreases uh, so it's pretty it's pretty simple roster limit decrease keeper league roster limit stays the same or increases dynasty league um, but yeah, who cares? It's, it's such a, it's weird that we spent that amount of airtime on something that's such a, who cares? It's just semantics, just wor- wordplay, uh, thing. Uh, but thank you to Jason and Phoenix. I'm glad the tribunal is working out. Glad you flipped the snake drafts. Um, and you know what? Lots of people love that, that toilet bowl winner getting the first overall pick. Uh, that's, it sounds like all this stuff is working awesome for you league and that's awesome. Um, the second question, Ryan, are you, uh, do you want to go to the Chris from Delaware one? And I'll try to make sense of this, this image I put in there. Yeah. I've, I've, I've actually been checking it out. I can read oh, over okay. it if you like. Yeah, sure. Uh, next question comes from Justin, uh, okay. interested in Devi leagues, uh, which we like to hear. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I guess this one's really for you, Scott. Justin says, uh, where do I go to join a Devi league? I don't see them on Safe League's website. Uh, do we still have Devi leagues on there? Are this, they on? This is crazy, and I'm gonna guess it's the same Justin. I got an email within the last three days from a, a, a Justin asking about new Devi leagues, <laughs> and uh, we don't have them right now. Um, I would like to have some this summer, uh, but uh, we just we just don't have them right now. I, I feel like that later this summer we might uh, we might be able to put some up. All right, so he's interested in joining a Devi League. If you can't find one through Safe Leagues, uh, check out the DLF message board. Check yes. out uh, really any message board that you um, that you visit or or Twitter. There's leagues being uh, formed on Twitter as well. Look around; they're out there. Um, he also has an idea for a Devi League, so maybe maybe he should start his own. Um, but this is an interesting creative league idea that he has it's got a progressive pot so i know you're already interested scott oh yeah Um, but 
it's also got some some unique features with the the buy-ins and payouts and the Devi draft. So the idea is a 10-year Devi league uh, with Oof. a large progressive pot. So you set the league for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the progressive pot, obviously, as as the title suggests, builds each year uh, with uh, eventually growing up to over fifteen hundred dollars for the for the winner for the lead champ. Uh, let's see. He says the yearly payout should be enough to keep people interested throughout. The buy-in should keep people from bailing on the league late in its life cycle if they realize they can't win the big final pot the last couple of years. And the overall payout structure should be a unique behavioral study in people's strategy and dynasty, win now versus win big later. So basically his idea is at the beginning of the league, the buy-in is 40 bucks. It goes up each year until the middle of that 10-year cycle. So Mm -hmm. year five and year six, it reaches its peak of $100. Then it starts going back down, eventually getting back to a $40 buy-in. Um, the pot does the, the yearly pot does the same thing, grows, uh, and then decreases back and the progressive pot grows throughout again, reaching a total of 15, over $1,500, yeah, 1602. It looks like for the right progressive. for the, well, 1500 for the, for the winner there, um, in the 10th year. Yep. Right. And the, the Devi piece is you would have eight years of a Devi draft. So eight years of Devi drafts. Uh, years nine and 10, no Devi draft. The only thing I'm not sure about from Justin's email is, are you only doing Devi drafts? Are you doing, uh, are, are you doing a, a traditional dynasty startup and then doing Rookie your Devi, and Devi each year? Or is it just Devi right. each year? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not clear about that, but overall I, I love the payout structure. It's, it's pretty difficult. I it's, think to, come up with something creative with your buy-ins and your payouts. And Justin has done that. So I, I like it. So here's, and this is, this is great. And uh, is this is just me thinking what I would do if I was uh, commissioning a league like this. I understand his methodology for increasing the buy-in. I also feel like there are a decent amount of people who year five, six, seven, where four, five, six, where those buy-ins are the largest. I think there are a lot of leagues where parity starts to go away and there are like some really bad bottom teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and my worry is that with those high payouts in the, in that year five, six range, some teams won't want to come back, even with the progressive the way it is. Um, yeah, just, yeah, just a 10-year commitment – to anything is is difficult. Um, that's that would be my concern. But overall, I, I like the idea. If you've got if you've got eleven buddies and you know a local friends league that you're feeling confident are going to stick this out, no matter how bad their team is, and it's kind of a it, it's a it's an event type thing for you and your mm-hmm. friend group. I think that would be the easiest way for that to work. Yeah. Oof, boy. Um, yeah. I, I think that another option here. Oh, wow. I accidentally made this public. And so we have two people watching somehow. <laughs> when, I, when we went live. I got I the two people watching somehow. Um, 
<laughs> Normally we don't do that. Uh, so my other, my other thought here is you can keep the increasing each year, keep the progressives, keep the buy in low, but have more money sent forward into future years. Mm-hmm. Ryan, like, like you only pay out part of the pot year one and a bunch goes forward. And then part of the pot year two and a bunch goes forward uh, like that. Yeah, that could work as well. So, uh, and that would. So that those middle years have the same buy in, but bigger payouts. Right. That would encourage, of course, more. uh, That would encourage owners to stick around. Yeah. After year three, four, five as well. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So there's that. We're already 17 minutes in, Ryan. Do you want to do one more or two more and then call this one a day? Let's, let's, let's try for two more. All right, Chris from Delaware has a question. As you guys have discussed, I am starting to care less about tanking in general, but the home, uh, but the home league I run is very much against it, and you're going to get that, especially in home leagues, especially with casual listeners or casual uh, players. Uh, thankfully, we've only had one guy do it, tank, we're talking about, in six years. Before that person tanked, we had never had an official penalty, so I had to make one up on the spot. Prior to the tank, I did not have tanking rules clearly outlined in his rules. Uh, most thought the penalty was fair, but some thought it was awful, and I should have scrapped his picks altogether. Did he say what the penalty is, and I skipped over it? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't see it in here. In the contract league, we use FAB for everything, including signing players, new contracts. It's one FAB budget for the entire on se- entire season and off-season combined. For the tanky penalty, oh, here we go. He gave two options. All of the picks he owned that were tied to his team, meaning not the picks he traded for, would go up for auction for all teams, including his, to bid on, so he would still have a chance to keep his picks at the expense of possibly not being able to sign free agents. Two Leave the league. <laughs> oh, man. I kind of love it. I kind, I kind of love it. I, I do love it. I do love it. He ended up leaving, but I thought the penalty was more than fair, but he ended up quitting the league. Um, That's probably for the best. Yeah, it's probably for the best, honestly. Um, that's oof. That. Yeah, I don't know. Did did you make that penalty harsh enough that you hoped he would leave? Is my is my a little bit of my question there. <laughs> like uh but uh no, I I actually think it's I think it's fine and it's it's a creative solution. I I love creative solutions. Yeah. Um yep. Yeah, that that's 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 a really interesting creative solution. So if you're out there and you're thinking of tanking rules, let me read that again. All of that guy's picks that he owned, not the ones he was tra- he traded for, but his own picks would go up for auction for all teams, including his to bid on. So he would still have a chance to keep his picks, but at the expense of possibly not being able to sign free agents because he would have to use fab to buy his picks back. Um, yeah, I kind of like it. I, ca- I kind of like it. It's, it's actually softer than just straight up taking picks away from him, which yeah. is – uh, and if your and if your dynasty league is deep enough, you might not care about that fab budget as much. So, I, like I think that I think he was almost softer than some of the other tanking rules I've seen out there. So, as I think about it, but it's interesting and creative. And uh, he says, "I love the show." That was Chris from Delaware. Um, I think he did fine. I like it. Um, Ryan, 
Let's knock out one more. Yeah, one more. All right, All let's right. do it. Uh, this is Andrew from Cincinnati. Thanks, Andrew. That's uh, in in my neck of the woods, not too far from me. I'm a co-commissioner of a 12-team home dynasty league that's been around for two full seasons so far. Uh, this offseason, we lost a player who had been asking to leave for about a year. Uh, we finally found a replacement, added him to the league with very little pushback from other members. Then a week later, one of his friends, this is another team, let me know privately that he'd like to leave the league as well before notifying the league of his departure, found oh, a boy. and made the announcement all at once. Team B is leaving. We found a replacement. Here he is. The main issue here is that a- Team A had a middle-of-the-road team that wasn't managed all that well, uh, which is part of the reason he wanted out. Team B was runner-up and had a much better team. We we know where this is going here. Yep, yep. Some of the league members were upset at this, claiming collusion since I hadn't let them know that Team B was leaving and since I added a friend of mine, even though he was the best fit for this team and for the league as a whole. My co-commissioner completely agreed with the pick. Some of the guys even asked why they why they couldn't take Team B over and let the new guy have their team. No, don't do that. No, um, definitely never do that. Have you ever heard of another team taking over an orphan leaving their team? Uh, I mean, I've heard of it. I've had it as yeah. I've had people ask me if they could do that, and it, it's it's a big no no to me. Only because, yep. um, like why? Like why would why would I bail you out of your team? Yeah, um, you're making a worse orphan, and and in some cases, and this is extremely rare because collusion is rare, but it, it has happened where people make trades with a different team. That guy bails, and they want to swap teams. Yeah. Um, so he says. Have you ever heard of it? Um, if so, how do you manage it? Uh, so the answer here is really easy. The two answers. First of all, don't let that happen. Don't let owners that are already in the league switch teams. By the uh, way, if you're if you're in safe leagues, it's explicitly against our rules. I think it's owner rule number five or six. No, I'm glad. <laughs> you cannot glad. Buy, buy a different team in your, in your own league. You can't orphan your team and buy a new team in your own league. Uh, I'm Anyway, keep going. Sorry. I didn't no, mean to No, no, that's fine. Actually, I did mean to interrupt, and I shouldn't have. You did it on purpose. I did. Uh, so don't let that happen. But the, the easy answer is you take these two teams, the bad team, the good team, and you do a dispersal draft. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yep. That's it. You let the two new owners build their teams the way they would like. You balance out the teams. That's for the best of the, uh, the, the, best of the league, especially in this situation. Most of the time when you do a dispersal draft, it's usually two or three bad teams. You know, you don't get good teams leaving leagues very often. Right. Uh, or, or good teams left behind, I should say. Uh, but in this case, with one uh, playoff contender, one team that's, that's – That wasn't struggling. managed well for a long time, apparently. That is, that is the, the easy and obvious answer. Right. So let's – Let's uh, let's actually take a couple of minutes to dig into this because we're we're twenty four minutes. We got a few minutes. Um, let's go back a step because he gave the team B left or team A one of the team left team A left, and he replaced that member. Uh, then team B leaves a week later. If team A's made a bunch of moves, it's already that guy's team. I can see not doing a dispersal, and maybe that's the situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, and team B, you got the best, the best possible guy. We've already said, don't, don't let other teams just swap like that in the league. Um, 
I can see not doing a dispersal because of that time gap. And maybe the other team had uh, already, you know, made that the bad, <laughs> the bad team his own for, for a week or whatever. Right. Um, I think you made the right call, the right move here, given the, the situation probably. But as far as your, your league being angry about the, um, the pick, it is what it is. Like you, you filled the first replacement team with a, a selection. You filled the second one with, you know, a selection that sounds like it was the best fit for the league. It just is what it is. I, I would make a suggestion that especially, at least in my leagues, I don't know if you do this, Ryan. Um, I find out who all the orphan teams are first before even giving out a new team. Yep. <laughs> so that would be my only suggestion to him and anyone out there is figure out which teams are going to be abandoned all of them first and then decide what to do. Don't just, don't just, Oh, this guy's leaving. I'm going to find an owner right away. You know, you can, you can be patient a little bit unless it's like the week before the season or whatever. You could probably be a little bit patient and find out exactly which teams are orphans or or open teams and then make a decision what to do with them at that point. Um, That would be my only recommendation recommendation for next time. Pretty much it on it. Right, Ryan. That's it. I agree. I feel like I did a lot of talking this episode. If we do another episode here, you might have to talk more. <laughs> I'll step it up. No, I, I don't think it's your fault. I think I'm just an interrupting cow or something right now. Um, anyway, thank you for, to Andrew from Cincinnati. Uh, very, very awesome. Uh, I guess that's the show for today. So thank you for listening. Um, yes, I keep getting your emails about what do we do about 2021 if 2020 doesn't happen. Go listen to the Dynasty Blueprint. We talked about a bunch of stuff on there. Ryan, Matt, and myself talked uh, talked pretty extensively. I'm guessing we'll talk about it on here as well. But uh, we need Jay Glazer to, to announce whatever he's going to announce tonight, right? And we, we need to figure out what all this is about. We need OBJ to go to the Vikings first. We need. I hope, I hope that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we will be back probably in a few more days here with another episode of Commission Impossible. Follow Ryan on Twitter, RyanMC23. Follow me, ScottFish24. And thanks for listening. Have a great day.